Hello and welcome to Dress Fancy, the only podcast about fashion, fantasy and fancy dress. This is the first episode of our fourth season and we are thrilled to be back. I'm Lucy Clayton and I'm here with Dr. Benjamin Wilde to continue a conversation about a few of our favourite things. We launched this project in September 2018, and since then, we've been overwhelmed by the interest and support from our listeners, who, it turns out, all find dressing up as fascinating as we do. If you're new to this podcast, you'll find 20 episodes in our archive, available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or most of those other podcast places, all exploring the psychology and social significance of people in costume. We've covered a diverse range of subjects, from legendary balls to historical reenactment, bad taste to exquisite taste, political protest to parades at London's Royal Academy. We've become intimate with the sartorial style of Cecil Beaton, Melania Trump, Duchess of Devonshire and Kim Kardashian, and discussed at length what my kid wore to World Book Day. Each episode is accompanied by a scrapbook of picture references, which you can find on our Instagram feed at Dress Fancy Podcast, where you'll also find costume inspiration and frankly, fancy dress porn. Absolutely. So we've been thinking about how we could possibly follow all of that up. And what better than to start with something so central to our theme and the heartland of dress fancy territory. Lucy, put us out of our misery and tell us what we're (laughs) starting with. Luckily for us, it's perfect timing for one of the biggest moments in fashion's calendar and certainly a big moment for dressing up the Met Gala. Absolutely. And what I think is so special about this year's extravaganza, which of course, as you all know, is on the 6th of May. If you didn't, write that in your diaries (laughs) right now. The Met Gala this year focuses on Susan Sontag's 1964 seminal essay, Camp. I mean, you really couldn't get anything more fancy dress related. So as ever, Anna Wintour at the helm. But this year, I think quite interestingly, co-chairs Lady Gaga, Alessandro Michele, Harry Styles and Serena Williams. So already I think that gives you a sense of the eclectic mix that might be going on here. In terms of the excitement that we could expect, rooted around Susan Sontag's essay and the press release from the Met says that this provides, and I quote, the framework for the exhibition which will examine how fashion designers have used their métier as a vehicle to engage with camp in a myriad of compelling, humorous, and sometimes incongruous ways. So really all of the themes that I think we've been conjuring with over the past 20 episodes. And importantly, I think the reason that we want to discuss this event in this podcast is because our interest is always about the way people use clothes Mm -hmm. to fashion identity, but also to interpret themes. And it is pretty rare to have a society slash celebrity slash cultural event that is also themed. So for example, you know, we are used to seeing lots of red carpets and lots of big fashion moments, but it's very unusual that there's always a theme that everyone's adhering to that same aesthetic concept. It's not a normal red carpet because it requires you to engage with an idea almost to do with, but also beyond fashion, mm. if you like. So I think you're right. And I think this is also the time with fancy dress, because in some ways the nearest equivalent to the theme and dressing accordingly would be the grand fancy dress balls that we've talked about in previous episodes. It's close as we come to those yeah. historic moments where everyone's really dressed up. Exactly. And also because of the scale of this event, it's obviously the biggest fundraiser, mm in the calendar for the Costume Institute. But 
the scale of it in terms of press attention, oh, into that terms of the way it's covered by Condé Nast and, and, mm. and Vogue particularly, it's a big deal. Mm. And what that means is that people go all out. So the sort of scale of their responses and those interpretations is not small. No, no. <laughs> We should talk about the use of theme generally at the Met Ball because it's been going for a billion years and some of the themes, just looking back over them, are kind of brilliant. Some are really specific. They are. My favourite yeah. being 1984, Man and the Horse. <laughs> <laughs> but others are more open to interpretation. Yeah. So 2008, Superheroes, Fashion and Fantasy. Yeah. Obviously, we've had McQueen, Savage Beauty, and last year, Heavenly Bodies. So Fashion and the Catholic Imagination, which is a long way from Man and Horse. <laughs> You know, 1975, American Women of Style, Cubism we've seen, specific yeah. designers we've seen emphasis on. So whether that's Dior or Versace, Chanel, they've all had their turn. Anglomania, 2006, Tradition and Transgression in mm -hmm. British Fashion. Obviously, we love that because Absolutely, we're British. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Bodies was a huge success. We talked about that a little bit in an episode last year. And we have great hopes, don't we, for this year's version. I think we do. I mean, particularly with the involvement of sort of Victor and Rolf, if we're thinking about their recent couture collection, Spring Summer 2019. So those incredible dresses that we saw made of tulle with the Instagram memes on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I'd be very surprised if we didn't see something along those lines. But again, I think what's for me quite interesting about camp, more so than some of those themes where you've had a historical context, is camp is just so contemporary. It's so yes, relevant. yes. So you've got the past element, but the present as well, I think will create some quite interesting moments. And so let's set up that context a little bit then, because camp as a concept mm. needs a little bit of definition for the purposes of this conversation, doesn't yeah. it? So let's start by talking about the text, because this is the first time there has been a mm. core <laughs> yeah, it's sort of essential reading. Isn't it, it, really, you yeah, this is your little sort of um, bibliography. <laughs> it's yeah. your crib sheet before you're allowed to buy your invitation or to be invited. So let's talk about that text and really how that defines because it's an incredibly important and influential mm. essay. How does it define camp loosely? And we'll go on to talk then about how that might be interpreted this time around. I think in some ways, you're absolutely right. The best way to start is by thinking about Max Hollines, the director of the Met, his interpretation. And he said this as follows in one of the press releases for the forthcoming show. Camp's disruptive nature and subversion of modern aesthetic values has often been trivialised. But this exhibition will reveal that it has had a profound influence on both high art and popular culture. By tracing its evolution and highlighting its defining elements, the show will embody the ironic sensibilities of this audacious style, challenge conventional understandings of beauty and taste, and establish the critical role that this important genre has played in the history of art and fashion. And I think for me, that's what makes this exhibition potentially so interesting, because as I said, it's that elision to the past and the present. But also, as Hollein's definition from Sontag's essay, history of art and fashion. So we're thinking of something very broad here. And I think what's also interesting in thinking about Sontag's remarks about camp is the fact that this is something that is actually quite hard to pin down, mm. that we probably all have a bit like fancy dress. Yes. We all have in our mind an image that is there about what constitutes fancy dress or what constitutes camp. But trying to define that is quite difficult. 
And, and that's, in a sense, how Sontag starts. She presents us with this problem, with this concept that we, in a sense, all encounter and understand, and says herself that she, in some ways, is well-placed, in some ways, to investigate, because she, while she's interested in camp and has an understanding, as we all do, she's also, in, in some ways, one step removed mm-hmm. from it. She's not necessarily a, a practitioner of camp right. or, or wouldn't regard herself as being so. And so that sort of slight critical distance or, or looking at this, if you like, in third person gives her a sort of way in as a sort of friend of camp, but, you know, not, as I said, um, involved in it directly, to investigate. Yeah. And so the essay is made up of a series of exploratory points where over the course of the essay, she is defining what camp might be. So there's not a, like a tight, precise definition, but a whole series of ways in that we can kind of understand how this prevalent but quite amorphous concept might manifest itself. And I think that sense of the amorphous mm. is why creatively it's a hugely interesting oh, yeah. area. I and mean, one of the things she says, her sort of point number eight, I guess, is camp is a vision of the world in terms of style, but a particular kind of style. It is the love of the exaggerated, the off of things being what they are not. And that slither of not quite one thing, not quite the other is creatively really powerful. Mm. And that when expressed through fashion is really exciting. It's one of the reasons why designers have played with it for generations. Yeah, and I think you're right. It's the point she's making also about the the exaggerated. Yes. Um, But I think what's also interesting is that, and this is where I think defining camp is very difficult because she says that those things that are camp although they're often maybe regarded as being quite frivolous, camp itself takes itself quite seriously. Mm. It is exaggerated, it is off, but in a very considered way. Yes, nothing's accidental, is it? No, exactly. One of my favourite bits in the essay is where she talks about camp in relation to nature. (laughs) And obviously I I respond on a very deep level to this, which is like nothing in nature Mm. is campy. Yeah. And that's probably one of the reasons I hate nature, made me think. Do you know, actually, that's quite interesting. Yeah, because if you think about it, mm. and I guess it's when you, we come on to think about what might happen, what we might see, you can do floral, but what you can't do is sort of pastorally perfect, I guess. No. It's a, yeah, it's not going to be kind of cake green away. It's no, going to be... exactly. Yeah, it will well, be... It'll be a Gucci version. Well, absolutely. Gucci, of it course, be, sponsors of the show. Um, it'll be sequined. An extraordinary and- <laughs> number of sort of floral bouquets or floral motifs or something like that. So I, I think, I mean, that going back to what I sort of said about Victor and Roth, I think, you know, I think we will see quite extended, quite extraordinary silhouettes. Yes. So there will be volume, both in terms of embellishments, cut and colour, but also I think volume in terms of the size of what people well, are wearing. Well, and volume in terms of quite shouty. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. There is, again, about exaggeration. It isn't a quiet mm. theme. Is it? Well, no, because that's what I think what interests <laughs> me in that every year that sort of Met Ball, all those themes, you still do get, and it is predominantly men who are wearing the sort of sober sort of evening jacket, you know, black and, and all of that. Camp doesn't really lend itself to that. No, and I think it will be a real challenge. Mm. Actually. I think actually themed dressing is always a challenge for men. They seem less keen to experiment with the palette available to them. But I think with... Even if we're thinking about the China Through the Looking Glass exhibition, if you wanted to go to that in your evening dress, a little bit of embroidery, a sort of metallic thread, you know, kind of works if you want yeah. to be conservative. doesn't work with camp. No, it doesn't. Exactly. It really doesn't work no, with camp. No, and that sort of default position of quite a lot of male guests, which is a sort of gestural mm. nod to the theme. Again, yeah, you can't get away with that, really. Yeah. 
So that's kind of exciting how I men will take yeah, it on this I time. So. But I do think it's a sartorial challenge. Mm. This but time. I also think we, we're, we're seeing, I mean, you mentioned Gucci and their kind of kaleidoscopic clothing, which references different cultures, chronologies, all in one outfit. We are seeing a lot more camp clothing on the catwalk, on the high street. Mm. So again, how that then plays out in the context of the Met Gala, I think will be quite interesting mm. because we're, I think, probably more attuned than we ever have been for camp, which obviously why this exhibition, its timing is just so perfect, so delicious. But I mean, if we go back to Heavenly Bodies, you know, Which also really, was pretty camp. Yeah, actually. but you, you, don't, <laughs> you don't kind of see that kind of mashup so much on... Well, suddenly the high street. So there That's was a true. there was a shock value there. Yes. But when we sort of RuPaul's drag race and, and whatnot, we are kind of, I think, much more attuned to some of the exuberance, the scandalous exaggeration that we might associate with camp. So well, how camp does that is both on the one hand overblown and overdone, but mm. also highly accessible. Yeah. So it is possible to have one of the things that she talks about in the essay is you can do camp furniture. You could, there isn't yeah. really an area of life that is, apart from nature, <laughs> that, that is inaccessible in a camp way. You can pretty much turn it all mm. a little bit camp. Yeah. So that does mean that it feels more every day than, mm. as you say, other themes on the list. And as you've also said, I mean, with how many bodies last year, there's a campy element of this. Frankly, there's a campy element to all of this. Of course. <laughs> but so, yeah, how do you make something that is most definitively camp camp and different to what we've maybe seen in previous years, but also something that we're not necessarily expecting yes. because we might be more attuned to that. That I think will be interesting. I'm, I'm just pondering as I'm saying all this, is there a way that you can do almost like a sort of anti-camp that's sort of a bit more subtle? I don't think that works. I think subtle is a word you shouldn't be using in no. this conversation. Um, but I'm just sort of thinking, you know, <laughs> how do out. you get that distinction? <laughs> <laughs> but obviously I, if I... Or even I, in this house, I, frankly, Ben. <laughs> But obviously that would not be me. I'm kind of plotting my costume as we're talking. <laughs> but, and it's delicious. I can just see it's it, just, Is it wonderful? Yeah. yeah well, we'll come on to that. You can talk about what you would have worn were you invited I, if, when if, we do the debrief. Okay, I'll, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll I was going to say, if we time. could release this episode more quickly, then it might be that this stags <laughs> me the invite or something. I doubt it very much. <laughs> oh, thank, thanks for that. Sorry. So obviously the event that launches the whole show mm. is the gala, the biggest fundraiser. It's a real powerhouse of an event in terms of funding for the mm. whole of the Costume Institute for exhibitions and publications and acquisitions, etc. And then the exhibition itself, which of course is open to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing Heavenly Bodies last year and it was just an extraordinary, mm. I mean, I loved everything about it. I thought it was beautifully executed. I loved its sort of rambling nature mm. through the building and I thought it was spectacular. And one of the things I love about the way they put things on is that there is a sensitivity to the environment mm. and the pieces themselves, but also you get to see very close up the craft, yeah. which we so often, particularly in this podcast, don't spend enough time yeah, no, thinking about. Yeah. And the embroidery they had downstairs in the, mm. the Costume Institute itself, I have simply never seen anything mm. of that quality it was absolutely breathtaking mm. and I think that is one thing that you will potentially see a lot of through camp because it is that as we said there is a core seriousness to it and also this sort of bricolage construction different materials and I think being able to have that intimacy with the garments mm. which I think you can only have in the met in this kind of context I think really will be quite special yeah 
That embroidery, it was almost, well, it, it was heavenly. It mm. looked like a human could not have created the shading on the faces, mm. all done with silk thread. I mean, I could weep, basically. Yeah, I mean, the skill, it, it's just, it is amazing. It was, it's, it just, uh, I just yeah. couldn't believe a human had done it. Mm. It's like when you look at a cathedral and you think, exactly, the, the scale, how did a human the, hand yeah. mm. make this thing? It feels, yeah, otherworldly, mm. I guess. Mm. And I think, again, that's what's potentially quite interesting about camp. You've maybe got that same creativity and zeal, but in a more, potentially more human perspective. It's freer, it's, isn't yeah, it? There's, there's, no, there's approachability yeah, in a yeah. sense. I mean, one of the things about heavenly bodies is that there was a certain controversy in the colliding of yeah. fashion and religion that it feels like it mm. feels transgressive. Yeah. And I think camp is a lovely theme as a kind of extension of that yeah. in a sense because again there's a slight mm. tension in the heart of it yeah which will be explored certainly through the exhibition if not on this big mm. night that we're so excited about <laughs> <laughs> one of the things i think is really interesting about how though you translate this theme into the exhibition itself as an experience for mm. guests the main curator in charge of the Costume Institute Wendy Yu says effectively what they're doing is illustrating Sontag's notes on camp the exhibition will advance creative and critical dialogue about the ongoing and ever-evolving impact of camp on fashion. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it, that to be that overt about taking an exhibition mm. in response to a piece of text yes, and in response to, a, I guess, an academic piece of work, yeah. although obviously it was super popular. And, yeah. But, you know, they haven't done that before. No, I think you're right. They haven't. And some of my favourite pieces in the, in the essay are when she outlines the characteristics as she sees it on mm. camp, as her definition, what it is and what it mm. is not very clearly. And so the idea that the exhibition will explore irony and humour and parody and all mm. of the things that we've talked about, to what extent you can mm. you can illustrate yeah. that, actually. I don't know how possible well, that I, is. I think that's right. I mean, I think it is unusual. I mean, as you say, never been done that the Met have based an exhibition on a single document, a single text or object. But also, I think in Sontag's essay, there are, I think, maybe just a handful of references to clothing. Yes. She herself doesn't talk very much about fashion. So I think, again, how that plays out is also, I think, going to be quite interesting. I suppose that's one observation. The second, though, also is that a lot of fashion designers, particularly with some of the work that I've been doing about sort of fancy dress, they do not like that association because ultimately... Of course, we've talked about that, haven't yeah, we? About they, there being a sense of snobbery yeah, around they are selling costume. garments. This is a, yeah. a multi-billion pound industry. There's a seriousness. Yeah. I'm just thinking now about Walter van Beriendonk, whose clothing was shown in the Barbican's Volga exhibition. I think that's about sort of 2016 here in London. But, you know, he's talked very much about the fact that his clothing, he said, is, is a serious proposition. Yeah. He does not want it to be like dressing up. But obviously it will be these designers who are creating garments for their sort of muses to wear. So how they want to interpret camp, obviously they will be aware of Sontag's work, mm. but they will also be aware of their sort of commercial incentives and parameters, obviously their own creativity and the extent to which they want or would not want that associated with mm. camp. So I think there's there's a really interesting dialogue that I think, you know, potentially is going on here. Unlike perhaps previous exhibitions, Heavenly Bodies, where regardless of your faith, you're very much aware of, in a sense, what you can and cannot say about the world's faith. There is a... There's delicacy. Yeah, to, there, there's yeah. almost a box that you've got, something that you need to kind of conjure with what you can put into it or take from it. I think camp is so much broader mm. and fuzzy 
there's perhaps a snobbiness about it. There's a danger. There's a lot of kind of competing ideas that I think makes this just so exciting. And one thing that this has as a theme, which very few of the other themes that we just rattle through, but mm. there are many more, has, is a capacity for humour. Yes. So, it, which is one of the things, you know, yes, it's there's a seriousness mm. to it. Absolutely. That's a core pillar, really, yeah. of this idea. But there is huge capacity for humour yeah. and for sending yourself up mm. for those things. Again, that will be really interesting to see because actually this is a pretty serious event. Yeah. You know, people are working hard. Mm. So I don't know how much, I mean, God, if you did it in Britain, <laughs> you'd have a lot of piss taking. It would not be good. But fortunately it's in New York, so yeah. that's unlikely to happen. It'd be interesting to see how much humour we see yeah. actually play out or whether people are frightened mm. of that in this context. I think that's why for me it's so exciting because I think this exhibition but also the gala really has the potential to be really quite transformative yeah, really in different. the way that the fashion industry operates mm. I mean, if we take heavenly bodies if we think about you know china through the looking glass okay that might inspire for a season some catholic inspired or some chinese inspired garments but actually if we are letting yeah. the fashion industry embrace humor on a scale as never before that might actually change the way that clothing, high fashion, in a sense, is conceived. And That's... as you say, it's already happening in those shows yeah. that we talked about at the beginning. So this could be the catalyst. So actually, I've seen it in a number of them. It could be that it's a mm. moment that's sort of all coming together, yeah. which is exciting. That's obviously my ardent hope, <laughs> which is why I so want to stag an invitation. But what is interesting <laughs> is actually some themes are more successful than others. Yeah. And that is true of themes in general for dressing mm. up, not mm. just of this event. Yeah. But it's nice as someone who is a big fan of dressing up at a moment's notice and also a massive fan of a theme and mm. a commitment to a theme yeah. that is entirely holistic yeah. and deadly serious. It's kind of nice to know that even at that level, some themes work better than others. Exactly. It's not sort of my failure that, you no. know, certain parties have been <laughs> a damp squib. Uh, that's not obviously true. <laughs> They've all been brilliant. Looking back, I feel very confident that this is a winner I this so. year. But yeah. you know, other things like the machine year. I was yeah. not a fan. I just thought it was really hard for anyone to look beautiful in mm. that theme. The way everyone took it was very aggressive and quite ugly. Yeah. But I think there is that, that there's something standoffish or almost aggressive about technology. Yeah. I and mean, I'm not a great technophobe. So instantly that's an exhibition that's just sort of, eh, yeah. it turns me off. But also I think yeah, the elision between fashion and the incorporation of technology, I think, has always been difficult. Problematic. Yes. Yeah. So unlike something like camp, where I think you've got that accessibility, you've got that almost sort of democratisation about it. Yes. Which is, you know, in a sense, pushing it at an open door. I mean, I really do feel there's a, a critical mass, and I, you know, hence why I think it could be quite an important sartorial as much a cultural turning point. And the other thing we should say is that in terms of this interpretation of the theme for designers, obviously a huge part of that is who are they dressing? And that mm. combination of yeah. a design talent with a celebrity for one night only ambassador yeah. is really important. And again, some of those pairings are really successful and powerful mm. and others feel awkward. Or yeah. So it'll be, again, really great to see I mean, who I think, dresses yeah, who I mean, and how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, suddenly this year, I think watching Rihanna, I mean, the last few years, her costumes her outfits have been sensational yeah who she works with who she's paired with how that plays out in terms of camp is quite interesting obviously sjp sarah jessica parker after mm -hmm. last year's headpiece moment again i think that will be quite 
quite special. Can't wait to see what everyone wears. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm childishly excited. No, I think I am. I'm, I'm kind of giddy with glee. My favourite outfits are always the ones that take advantage of the beautiful staircase. Yes. Because really, there aren't many moments, even as an A-list celebrity, mm. where you can wear a train as big as most people's houses. Yes. And this is one of yeah. them. So I kind of think if you're not doing that, mm. what are you thinking? Exactly. And Rihanna is the kind of expert at doing But I also think with going back to <laughs> Rihanna and, and STP, they are people who know how to use that staircase, know Definitely. how to use the that staircase space. staircase is the whole thing. You know, it's so important. But I think camp is going to really require a lot actually <laughs> of the wearers. Yes, it's And true. that performative sort of symbiotic relationship between dress and wearer the wearer really needs to well own it exactly that exactly <laughs> that they need to watch some episodes of sort of RuPaul's Drag Race before I was going to say what of... do we think are the references that we'll see beyond if you were doing a mood board oh we love a mood board what oh, would, what would just... be on it <laughs> I mean I, I do think yeah you, you RuPaul I think is I would say a kind of an obvious sort of reference point I think that's going to be your benchmark in some ways. I think Victor Roth, obviously involved in the exhibition, I do think we will see. And also that the politicisation of clothing, obviously in this country, but also in America with Trump's presidency, to what extent camp mm. might be an opportunity to, you know, using humour, as you've said, be able to be a bit more visceral. Yeah. That might be quite interesting because unlike heavenly bodies, you don't necessarily have a faith to offend. Do you have a freedom? Yeah. Or do you to... have a point to make? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I think we might see a little bit of that. Um, use of colour, of course. I think it's not so, going yeah. to be... A lot of use no of colour. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Mixture of materials and odd, I say odd, but sort of juxtapositions of, of materials that you might not see together. Quite interested, if we're thinking specific designers, what we're going to see from Tom Brown, obviously partner of Andrew Bolton and his spring-summer menswear collection launched in Paris ended up being almost like a little fake garden where you mm. had the men dressed as gnomes. Yeah. And he said of that collection, it started with the nonsense and ridiculous. And it struck me that you don't often have, so say, serious and established high-end fashion designers mm. describing their own work as nonsense and ridiculous. But as we've said in other episodes around this snobbery to do with costume or fancy dress, as we call it here, I think a lot of that comes down to the confidence in the designer exactly. and the ones who feel uncomfortable about their relationship with costumes as opposed mm. to fashion. I think if you know what you're doing, I think you're really happy. Yeah. But, you know, McQueen oh, was uh, never yeah. kind of, oh, I'm a bit worried that the antlers might look a little bit... Not, I mean, he was fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and I think that that's a kind of mm. really... For me, that's quite a defining... Yeah. It says a lot about mm. a person. So yeah, I think his participation, his involvement, I think will be quite revealing, quite interesting. And obviously, in that sense, to see... Anna Wintour, a character, a persona that mm. is very serious, but I think increasingly... Also seen as a camp icon. Exactly, yeah. So that would be... I mean, be... legend. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it might rest on this evening. Can she pull it off? Yeah. I mean, of course she can. <laughs> well, look, if this hasn't got you all flustered with excitement for the first Monday in May, then you might want to check that you have a pulse. I was going to say, think, what? For God's sake. <laughs> I think we should close with something from Notes on Camp. In the very opening page, Sontag says, Indeed, the essence of camp is its love of the unnatural, of artifice and exaggeration. And camp is esoteric, something of a private code, a badge of identity even, among small urban cliques. Surely that describes <laughs> every Met Gala since the dawn of time. It's perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> we can't wait to see how this 
plays out on the 6th of May. And of course, we will be reviewing all the highlights and doing a dress fancy dissection of who wore what and why afterwards. So join us for that. The things that we've referenced are in our show notes and you can see and comment upon the pictures we've collated for this episode on our Instagram at Dress Fancy Podcast. Please, if you're a fan, then rate and review us, not because it makes us feel good, although... I was going to say there's maybe there an, element an element of that. that. <laughs> uh-huh. But because it really helps new listeners find us. And honestly, we don't have sponsorship or big flashy budgets to promote this project any other way. So we are especially grateful to anyone who takes the time to share, subscribe, rate or review us. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Mark, our editor. Join us next week for more costume drama. <laughs>